Welcome to the Rabbitohs Top 4 Podcast. Proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Here are your hosts, Mark Ellison, Shannon Donato and Jeremy Monaghan. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to the Rabbitohs Top 4 podcast, as usual, powered by Audio-Technica and proudly presented by What If. What If has you covered for accommodation, flights, car hire and more. So if you're looking for a holiday, travelling for business, or you just want to get out of lockdown and get away for a little while once this is all over, visit whatif.com slash Rabbitohs. What If, it's Aussie for travel. My name's Jeremy Monaghan. I am the media manager here at the Rabbitohs, and I'd like to welcome my usual co hosts in Mark Ellison and in Shannon Donato. Shannon, how are you? I'm really well, thank you, Jez. How are you? I'm going well, going well. And Ello, how are you? You've got a, a guest there next to you that I need to introduce with his special uh, his special introduction music. I certainly have. We certainly have, Jez. We've got, uh, I'll let you introduce him a little bit later, but just our first day out of lockdown. <laughs> I'm fading out now, Ella. Sorry, there you mate. go, mate. Well, you're the technician, mate. You know that I'm no good at that sort of stuff. No, we've actually had our first day out uh, back out in the open today, Jez, and uh, they've taken the fencing down from around the around the uh, McCure where we're staying up here at Carrara. So it's been a nice day. We've uh, visited a few sites, and um, yeah, it's been nice, nice to get out and about, and finally get a haircut. You needed one after looking at last week's show. Yeah, I know. I know. I took a, I took a, a line off your head, Jennifer. I thought it was that. <laughs> Pair of $20 on. clippers and you never go wrong. <laughs> and male pattern baldness. <laughs> Hang on. Shannon, you stay out. We've got to introduce Brock first before we, you come in. There you go. He's already been introduced. He's our Chief Operations Officer, Brock Schaefer. And for those that don't know, that music we were playing earlier to introduce him, it's the theme song from Deal or No Deal, but we might get to that a little bit later on. But how are you, Brock? I'm I'm really, really well, Jez. I'm, I'm truly just honoured to be with three podcasting professionals um, like... <laughs> Like uh, you gentlemen, so I'm just honoured to be here. <laughs> very good. Well, let's get into now. What you will learn on this podcast, I know you're a regular listener, but very good is like our catchphrase. So the more that you can say very good, the better it is. Well, lucky having spent so much time around you blokes, it's become part of my legality. Very good, Jeff. Very good. Righto, let's get into our first segment, as it always is, something that I've learnt this week, and we'll kick off with you, Ella. Oh, just what a, you know, a logistical process has been for the NRL to get all the teams up here into the into the hub in, in southeast Queensland. Um, you know, I mean, you've got to give them a wrap, really. Some of the, the families are still in quarantine, which has been tough. Uh, but, you know, they've been governed along the way by the, you know, the, the Queensland government, which has been hard for them. But, you know, we've adapted to what we've had to do and we just want to keep the game on. And uh, without embarrassing Brock too much. Brock's been dealing with a lot of that face-to-face, the logistical stuff that we need doing and all the rules and regulations, protocols, et cetera. And uh, I know he's sitting next to me, but he's he's done a fantastic job and our club is placed very well in the pecking order in that regard. Well, we've got you on screen there. Brock, what have you learnt this week? Well, I I think I've just continued to be... um, really impressed by the people involved in this footy club and you know I think the the word that 
comes to mind when I think about everyone's actions over the last fortnight, but certainly in the last week, has, has been gratitude. Um, there's been no one complaining about the restrictions we're under. There's been no one complaining about any of the challenges, of which there are many, um, of being away from your home and away from your family in many cases. Um, this is a group that have great gratitude for the job they have, um, for the ability to represent South Sydney. So it's gratitude for me and um, being so impressed by the people that we're lucky to work with every day. Very good. Very good, Brock. Very, Very good. good. Very good, <laughs> Shannon. Oh, you're going, it's the Olympics. You're going for a PB, Jez, on the very good. That's <laughs> I've seen world records being broken all week. I'm going for it. <laughs> Shannon, what have you learnt this week? Anything? Well, yeah, we, we, we spoke about the Olympics and Brock just spoke about, you know, the challenges of being in quarantine and lockdown. And, you know, Allo said, you know, they're out, they're, they've taken the fencing down of the quarantine, the hotel they're at. They certainly haven't taken the fencing down around the, the buffet table from Allo, that's for sure. And um, But seriously, Brock's, Brock has done a good job up there and, you know, um, it, logistically, it is challenging. He's got not only the players there, but he's got the partners up there. And you know, even though he's short, Brock, uh, he, he, you know, you got to you got to hand it to short people, uh, mainly because they can't reach. But <laughs> but I've got to say, from all accounts, he's done a fantastic job. Even managed to bring his own high chair for today's episode. <laughs> so we can see him on the uh, so we can see him on the screen. You've been but waiting for this episode, haven't you, Shannon? <laughs> Well, I thought you might have some patience, Shannon, and sort of wait three or four minutes before ripping into me. So, that's well done, mate. Very well yeah, done. Yeah, but no, Shannon's sitting on a two-seater lounge as he speaks. <laughs> One cushion for each of the twins. You know how it goes, Alan. <laughs> oh, very good. Now, we've all mentioned... Uh... Hang on, Jez. I haven't, I haven't had a chance to tell you... I thought that's what, what you learned. I thought no, you no, learned no, that no, Brock no, had no, done no, a great job. Surely you can't learn more than one thing. <laughs> <laughs> one nil. <That's> <laughs> We've learned one more thing, Jez, if we can just jump in. How grateful are we to our sponsors, Young Henry? Oh, yes. So there we go. Cheers to Young Henry's. Dan and the guys at Young Henry's. Thanks very much. Dan, Oscar, fantastic. We were, we were waiting to get Brock on for the episode that we did from the Young Henry's bar here in Sydney, but... That's obviously not going to happen for a while. So we've uh, brought him in early and good to see that the boys up there get a chance to to enjoy a beer before the big game against the Dragons this weekend. It certainly needs to be scheduled, that uh, podcast, yes? Very, we will. We will. Well, you know, the, the boys, you know, we talk about what a great job Brock has done in quarantine and you can tell how tough they are doing it up there in the sunshine, the young Henry's beers. It's been a, been a great sacrifice and we appreciate what you boys do for the team. Thank you, gents. But uh, what I've learned this week, Jez, is the power of sport to inspire. You know, everybody in, you know, Sydney and greater New South Wales, we're in lockdown down here. We can't all be sitting up in Queensland drinking Young Henry's. And um, whilst it was inspiring to see 60 to 20 win, I, I think mainly, you know, the Olympics, the power of sport to inspire the Olympics to a lot of people, you know, Ariana Titmus, uh, her, her performance at the Olympics against Ledecky and and, you know, all those gold medals in the 200 and the 400, and you saw a coach getting nice and excited. And I just want to give Ella a bit of a wrap, seriously, though. Like, I know the boys are inspired. We've got, we've got you know, young players like Pete Memazoulis and Blake Taff and even AJ, you know, he's struggling to, to, to 
fill into his body, but they've all been beat inspired by LO five times at the buffet breakfast each morning. It's been <laughs> absolutely inspirational. You're the Rabbitohs' own Dean Boxall, LO. You're you're the super coach for the boys and very inspiring. So, Ches, what I've learned is the power of sport to inspire. Shannon, before we speak about inspiration, I'm just impressed that you can see anyone in the pool without getting scared. I mean, <laughs> just admire you for that, mate. Very good, very good. Overcoming the fear of water. For, that, for those who don't know, I'm uh, a bit aqua-challenged. Aqua I'm not a great swimmer and I'm a bit frightened. Brock, um, Brock had to save me from a panic attack once when I was walking past the puddle. So uh, that, I think that's what he's referring to. I there. thought he was talking about your bathing habits. <laughs> Could have been a bit of both, actually, now that I think of it. <laughs> well, the thing that I've learnt this week, and along that Olympic theme, and you mentioned Ariane Titmus and her wonderful performances this week, I was watching her 400 metre freestyle on, on Monday, and she sat about a body length off Katie Ledecky, who was out in front for the USA for about the first 300 metres. And in that last 100 metres, that last quarter of the race, she put the foot down and came over the top to win. That led me to think, are there any other sporting teams from Australia that are sitting just behind the leaders about three quarters of the way through the competition, just ready to put the foot down over the last quarter and come home and take the gold medal? I don't know if you guys can think of any, but there was one that popped into, into mind for me. So... Hopefully the Rabbitohs can take a bit of inspiration from uh, Ariane Titmus and and get that gold medal in uh, in October, even if it is played up there at Suncorp Stadium or somewhere uh, that is now home ground at Stadium Australia. It's uh, it'd still be a premiership to savor. It's a little bit like Shannon in the KFC line. <laughs> <laughs> He's never headed in the KFC line, hello. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an immortal of all the famous. <laughs> <laughs> and as well, and also at McDonald's, proud sponsor of the Rabbitohs. The only thing, the only thing that slows him down is the, the amount of vouchers he collects. He's <laughs> <laughs> tough there. Trying to pick them up as they're falling out of his pocket on the ground. <laughs> Tell you what, nothing shuts, shuts it, slows Ello down. I hold dancing gums over there. <laughs> Ella's got a bit of support in there today, Shannon. You might be in trouble. Oh, well, don't worry. I've got plenty, plenty planned for Ella. Well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into our first top four topic, and it's the top four of Brock Schaefer. And there's plenty to find out about Brock, but also about his his role at South and how he he got to South. So, Brock, tell us um, four things that Rabbitohs fans may not know about you. Four things. Well, the, the first thing that comes to mind is a, a family of four. So, you know, particularly as we're here in um, in the NRL hub on the Gold Coast, I, I think constantly of uh, my family at home. So my wife, Sadia, uh, my daughter, Allegra, and my new son, Jack, who's only uh, only just past four weeks old um, as we're on this podcast. So um, that's certainly the first thing for me is, is just how important family is. And, and, and my family, unfortunately, still being back in Sydney. So... Uh, my, my thoughts with them, Jess, to, to kick things off. Yep. And uh, there's a few other things that... So we played your uh, deal or no deal music. Can you tell talk us through that? Well, yeah. Well, one of my... I'm not sure if I'd say one of my finer moments, Jez, um, or, or one of my more regrettable, but it was certainly a worthwhile financial uh, experience. Um, a good mate of mine, Michael Curry, and I... Um, had a really tough Melbourne Cup day um, in probably 2013. And as you do in the afternoon when you're, you're counting your losses, we thought, geez, 
what's an easy way to make money than punting? And of course, uh, the great show Deal or No Deal came to mind. Um, and we happened to apply that afternoon through the uh, Channel 7 website. <laughs> and uh, mate, you wouldn't believe it, two to three months later, we were down in Melbourne um, on the show with, the, with Andrew O'Keefe. And uh, yeah, I can't say I went very well. It was a bit like my punting, actually. Um, I was sort of left hanging right at the end of the episode, um, an offer of 1200 bucks, and regrettably had to take it. There was nothing really left on the board. And uh, as you well know, Jez, um, being a game show uh, celebrity yourself, um, you, you're never out of it until you're out of it. And um, Andrew O'Keefe brought out a super case, um, which is sort of like the lucky loser, I suppose. And um, the lucky loser had 30 grand in it. Um, wow. So it was... It was um, from the ashes of a terrible Melbourne Cup day, uh, Michael and I walked away with uh, 15 grand each, which certainly at the time um, we came in very handy. That is amazing. As a, a former contestant on Wheel of Fortune, I walked away with an MP3 player that didn't work and the instructions were in Spanish or something, so I didn't, had no chance of getting it <laughs> sorted. Well, a, a little uh, luggage bag and a, and a box of chocolates. That's what I walked away with. Well, the, the only disappointing part of Deal or No Deal, though, you, you sort of filmed it at 7am in the morning. The show's all over by 7.30. You, they sort of exit you from the studio very quickly. But they don't. you, you get to walk away with the big check, but they don't pay it to you for sort of six or seven months. Oh, right. So until it goes to air, isn't it? Yeah, until yeah. it goes to air. And, yeah. uh, so the celebrations were a bit more muted than they otherwise would have been if um, they'd better walk out of that room with 30 grand. <laughs> the studio is sort of... Four or five hundred metres away from Crown Casino. Oh. <laughs> when I was on uh, when I was on Wheel of Fortune, we filmed five shows in the one day. So they filmed a whole week, and you had to bring with you five changes of clothes. So everyone walks in with five different suits and five different ties. And I didn't get on till the last show of the five. And if I'd happened to win, I would have had to come back the next week with five more changes of clothes. <laughs> And film again. I'm impressed you own five Rabbitohs polos. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you change your socks and underwear as well, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't wear them. Oh, dear. Well, what about that? So, Jez, you've been on Wheel of Fortune. Yep. Uh, Brock, he's been on Deal or No Deal, and I'm assuming he went on there because there's no trivia. you just got to pick a case. There's no smarts required. Um <laughs> Hello, I heard, is it true that you went on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And first question, he had no idea. He phoned a friend and then he phoned Eddie Maguire. Is that, is, is, is that true? And you still got the answer wrong? Is there any truth to that, Ella? No, no, I'm not sure about that one, Jan. But weren't you in that, that game at the Chinese restaurant? Who can win on the Lazy Susan? <laughs> I don't know, but I, I like the sound of it. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but there was an Ellison on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Uh, well, yes, there was. There was, Jez. There was. Yes. Uh, my daughter, Samantha. And how'd she yeah. go? Yeah, she passed. <laughs> I, I, I heard she talked about you, though. I did watch the episode, and she talked to Eddie about you, and he said he knew you. I'm not sure if he was lying or not, but... She had more notes for that than Shannon has every week on this podcast. <laughs> well, I don't want to go on it because if you get to the option to phone a friend, I haven't got any, obviously. But if this show, I'd be really struggling. Oh, very good. Now, Brock, I want to talk a bit about your path to the Rabbitohs. And it was a bit of a 
long and winding path. You had some time in Papua New Guinea with uh, with cricket, and you were up in Cairns with the Northern Pride. Can you talk us through a bit of that on your path to the Rabbitohs? Yeah, happy to, Jez. It's not, um, there's not that many Queenslanders who um, find themselves winding up at South Sydney. I'm one of the lucky few. Um, but PNG is is where my sports administration journey started. And Shannon said something earlier about the power of sport to inspire. And ultimately, that's something I really passionately agree with Shannon on. And um, my experience in PNG was was sort of the epitome of that. So I worked for cricket um, in Papua New Guinea and the Australian government um, through their AusAid program. And um, cricket, as the listeners of this podcast will know, is not sort of synonymous with Papua New Guinea. PNG is rugby league mad. It's their religion. Um, but cricket um, does have a proud history in the country. And in fact, the PNG Barramundis, the men's team, are preparing for the T20 World Cup um, coming up um, in only a few months. So, so they certainly hit above their weight. Um, but my um, experience in PNG was about using the power of cricket, but really the power of sport, um, to educate young people, in this case, about HIV AIDS awareness. Um, so I was there in PNG for um, just under two years and, and had really a, a life-changing experience. Um, based in Port Moresby, I travelled to most provinces in the country, working really closely with the UN um, up there to get into schools and communities using sport um, to give some really important messages. Because ultimately, and, and it's not well known, but um, HIV AIDS is almost sub-Saharan Africa levels in certain parts of PNG. So wow. it, it, it is a um, it is a health crisis. And um, only through sport were we able to, to start to teach young people about some of the risks um, involved with different behaviours um, as it relates to that disease. So I, I was there for just under two years and, and realised very quickly I was, um, you know, on a path to be a lawyer at the time and um, realised very, very quickly that nothing um, can help change communities like sport. I really do believe that. And, and ultimately, that's what um, saw me then work in rugby league in Cairns and far north Queensland, the Torres Straits, um, before coming down to South Jez. Yeah, PNG's quite amazing. You mentioned that rugby league is the national sport there, and we've seen the NRL reaching out to PNG players to help spread the vaccination message and all that in this current COVID times. It must, it must be something that not necessarily unique to PNG, but the power that sport has over those people there to, to inspire them to do these things or look after their health, um, et cetera. It must be so powerful. Uh, just utterly powerful. I mean, I remember certainly the time I was there, the, the, and it really doesn't matter what club or what sport, um, but certainly rugby league has a unique opportunity um, in PNG particularly to spread powerful community messages and, and I know Jonathan Thurston and Matt Bowen from um, the Cowboys have done an incredible amount of work in PNG over the years, um, spreading really important health messages. You know, even things like polio are still an issue in parts of PNG. So I mean, there, there are some um, some unbelievable health challenges in that country. And to get back to rugby league, mm. there is nothing like rugby league to unify what is an incredibly diverse country. There's there's more languages in PNG than any other sovereign country on earth. Mm. Um, it is truly diverse, but Rugby league is a language that is spoken everywhere. Mm. Um, and, you know, certainly we have a guy like Alex Johnston at our club who, you know, really proudly has represented PNG in recent times. And, and I know AJ takes that responsibility seriously to make sure that he is sending as positive a message he can back to the people who just idolise him. Mm. Um, it's, it's really special. I know the, the PNG hunters in um, the Q Cup are a great example of that everything they do is, is about sending positive messages to inspire the communities they come from. 
So from PNG to Far North Queensland to Cairns with the Northern Pride. Tell us uh, about your time at the Northern Pride and some interesting people that you've met that you now continue to work with. Yeah, I've, I've done a good job of uh, dragging the Northern Pride to South Sydney, Jez. Um, and and you, you've been part of my journey for a long time, Jez. So you've heard some great anecdotes. There's a fair bit of Northern Pride now here at the Rabbitohs. But uh, yeah, I was at the Pride for just under four years. Um, straight after I finished at Cricket PNG, um, heading down there to mainly work in their commercial program um, and support the development of a small non-for-profit they had called the Take Pride program. Um, and I learned an incredible amount up there. Cairns and Far North Queensland is a rugby league heartland the same way South Sydney is. It is. Um, so rugby league is so important to the lifeblood, not just the big cities um, like Cairns, but the towns like Mareeva and Atherton and Innisfail, um, where some absolutely impeccable rugby league um, stock has come from. Um, so there for four years. Um, we sort of missed finals the first year. Um, had a, oh, sorry, made the finals the first year. We were out in week one as defending premiers, missed the finals the following year, and then... Um, we were on the hunt for a new head coach, Jez, and um, we happened upon a, an Aussie who'd been plying his trade in the Super League. Um, the only um, Australian, the captain of Super League club, having not played in the NRL, a guy called Jason Demetriou, well-known now to um, our podcast listeners. And um, JD just blew us away during his interview process and um, was, in the end, a very easy um, selection. He had some success at the Keithley Cougars as a coach. Um, we brought him to the Pride and then we went on a remarkable run. In two years, we lost uh, six games. Um, two of them were unfortunately out in straight sets in the 2013 Q Cup finals, but um, it culminated um, on grand final day in 2014. Um, we took on Penrith in the first ever NRL state championship. We were $6 outsiders, I've been told. Um, and I know a few people who might have um, been pretty attracted to that number. Um, certainly not me or anyone I know, but um, certainly plenty of people in Cairns and the far north. Family members? Maybe, maybe. I can't confirm or deny um, anything, hello, uh, but certainly plenty of punters and rugby league aficionados in North Queensland knew all about it. Um, it was a pretty good day. A pretty good day. I think you guys... Um, enjoyed yourselves in that same grand final day. I was going to say, we, we talked about it earlier, that you were there on that magical day but didn't see one minute of the mighty Rabbitohs' 43-year drought-breaking victory. Yeah, I've got, I've got to say, mate, I, I didn't realise it was a game after that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know I, I will bore um, my, the co-hosts of this show, but um, it, I always tell a good story about grand final day. We, we were being ushered out of the change rooms pretty quickly. We were actually in the what were the 20s change rooms for South Sydney. So we were on the successful side of change rooms on that day at ANZ. And um, the New Zealand Warriors had, in fact, been in the same sheds um, for the 20s game before it had won. Uh, so we were being ushered out very, very quickly. Um, trophy in hand, beer in hand, straight on the bus. And as I was leaving um, the change rooms, uh, I saw Shane Richardson, um, the CEO of the club at the time, and someone who had been involved in um, the sort of months prior to the grand final, trying, trying to coax me down to the Rabbitohs. <laughs> And I saw Richo and he, he was in a bit of a tease. He was a bit stressed, but he said, oh, Brock, my God, congratulations. Brought me over, shook my hand. Um, and sort of as he was doing that, um, sort of private bus turned up to the red carpet area, the VIP entry there at um, ANZ Stadium. And people who looked very important to me started trolling out of the bus, but I was obviously still enjoying a, a 4X Gold and, and chatting to Richo when he said, oh, Brock, Brock, quickly, you've just got to meet uh, Russell Crowe. Um, you know, Russell, this is the young man I was telling you about. I'm 
quite sure Russell had never heard of me, but um, in retail and classic sales, in classic sales role, um, was happy to make that introduction. And I sort of looked up at him, Forex Gold in hand, and said, hey, Maximus, how are you going? <laughs> um, as, and as Shannon's alluded to, Russell's probably got, you know, a few inches on me. So he sort of looked down his nose um, very quickly and said, uh, absolutely nothing, and just kept walking. Um, so was, uh, nice little introduction to South and then, you know, in a in couple of weeks following that, I ended up signing a deal to actually, I was fortunate enough to replace Shannon as the GM of South Cares. Um, like I said, the community work in footy is, is, and sport more generally is something that's really important to me. And so to come to South Sydney, such a proud, strong, historic community club to help lead its community program was um, an opportunity way too good to say no to. So Shannon had done a pretty good job with South Cares up to that point, but it seemed to really take off when when you joined the joined the charity there. Brock, can you tell us about all the um, errors that you fixed once you took over at South Cares? I, I'm, I'm always happy to bag Shannon about something humorous, but I, I could never um, I could never say anything other than incredibly glowing things about the work Shannon did at South Cares, and you know that organisation's gone from strength to strength and. Um, so much of that is because of the role that Shannon played in its infancy. And, you know, I, a lot of people who listen to this podcast know Shannon really well and understand how much he does in the community, not just at South, but I saw it firsthand when I went to South Cares. Um, it, it's an incredible organisation, Cares, but, um, you know, uh, I love to give it to Shannon as much as the, ne- as much as the next person, um, <laughs> the guy next to the yellow. But I, I, I don't um, think anybody enjoys it that much. Give it to <laughs> But I can't say anything other than, you know, I was very lucky, in fact, when I came to Sydney, not just um, taking over from Shannon in that role when he went over to the CCO role, but Shannon also took me under his wing in Sydney and, um, you know, he was kind enough to introduce me to every burger bar, every pie shop um, (laughs) and every pub. Uh, No, look, I I hope I'm labouring the points. It's it's worth labouring. Shannon did incredible things at Cares and, and it's a credit to him how good that charity is now. So I'll just make a note here, Elo, 25 minutes in, edit out two minutes of praise and Shannon. Seriously, can I just say one thing? Uh, in, in terms of giving praise and, uh, you know, don't want to pat each other on the back and stroke each other's egos. Certainly don't. You know, but, but Brock, you know, he achieved a lot here on those premierships with the pride and come under such a great role here at the Rabbitohs and did such great work uh, at CS Cares and achieving all those things. And I've always wondered, Brock, is it... Is it, hard, is, it, is it harder for short short people to reach their goals? I'll let you know when I get, you know when I get accepted. <laughs> I just need to go back to the South Cares and how it's been running. Um, the, the only thing that has gone down in how South Cares operates is uh, since Brock took over was the entertainment bills. <laughs> <laughs> And just for everybody out there, it's not technically entertainment. He's talking about the food and beverage bill. Yeah. <laughs> I might get in trouble for my wife on that one, Ella. So I just oh, no, 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 no. Or no, no, no. the Australian <laughs> Charities Regulator. You never know. Shannon, don't worry about that. Oh, dear. Now, South Cares over to football and working alongside your mate there, Mark Ellison. You formed a great bromance between the two of you, and you guys are, are heading up the football department now. How have you found that change? from the, the community angle and the administration side of a football club over to the actual football side of it? I've really enjoyed it. Um, and, and no small part down to my bromance with Ella. It certainly makes um, 
but tough times, easy to get through when you're working, working with someone like LO. But um, I, I think generally I've been pretty lucky that when you're working at a Q Cup club like I was at the Pride, you, you touch every part of the business. So, you know, on game day, you're filling the bars, um, putting out the signage, um, helping commentate the live stream, speaking to sponsors, but you're also down speaking to the team pre and post game. And um, I used to, in fact, you know, always sneak up to JD's coach's box for most of the two years he was um, in charge of the club and, and watch him at work. So I, I did feel um, both in my role in the community program, but uh, heading into footy that I'd had a great grounding at the Pride. and um, But certainly over the last 18 months, Ello and I have been on a journey to um, just in, improve those things we do well at the club already. Um, help um, change course on things that we might not be doing so well in terms of the footy department, whether that be in our operations, in the broader strategy of the program, um, or whether it be in things like recruitment. Um, we were saying earlier, Ello and I, we've had immense change in this football department in the last five years, not least of which is three different head coaches. Um, we've had a change of GM with Richo moving on, and we've also had... Um, uh, change in the playing roster, albeit one of the smallest um, percentage changes in the NRL. So one of the constants during that period has had to be the professional staff of the program, uh, not just people like Ella and myself, but people like Eddie Farrar heading our physio program, Andrew McDonald, our chief medical officer. We've had people there who understand and respect the integrity and DNA of the club. Um, so we can change our strategy, we can change our operations day to day, we can change to suit the um, goals of, or sorry, suit the values and goals and um, agenda of a head coach. But mm. we don't change our objective, which is to win a comp. Um, and we don't change our appreciation for the history of this foundation club, our appreciation for all the people that have come before us, be it in administration or as players. You know, the first thing that players at this club um, strive for is their player number so you know it, it's very easy to come into a football program like south sydney and ensure it continues to improve because it's been on a great trajectory in recent years now, I, I think just going back to when when brock and i sort of came together in our roles 18 months ago it was just we knew there were going to be changes that would happen within the within our own department but we just came back and we both agreed on one thing that when we replace, we have to replace any person in the staff or in, in the playing roster, we had to make sure we did our due diligence mm. before we made any decisions. And they're the things that, you know, we labour on. And it's not, they're not things we just do, you know, at a whim. I mean, we, we put a lot of time and effort into it. We discuss it all. We speak to the relevant parties on whatever committees we have, we've set up in the place and, uh, so when a, when, a, when a decision's made on, on either recruitment or staffing in, in our department, it's, uh, you can trust that we put a lot of work into it. And we, because we consider the structure is so good there at the moment at the Rabbitohs that the right people coming into those jobs consistently is the important part of making sure that we can continue yeah, you know, they were sending us in the game, which we're starting to get. People are the most important part of it, Jez. And, and I know you, you appreciate that having been a fan and now an employee of the club for so long. People are the most important part of, of this footy club. It's not about the bricks and mortar. I mean, we're, we're going to move in 18 months to an unbelievable community and high performance centre in Heffron Park. But, but I promise you, that is not more important than the people who will inhabit that building mm. and the people who will come and watch us at training every day. People are the most important part of the equation. And 
we've invested an immense amount of resources in the last 18 months on making sure we're doing the right thing by our people. We're making sure that in recruitment, we have the single best analytics program in the game. And we continue to evolve that every single day before coming on this podcast, we were speaking to a consultant we have in that area about how do we improve not just um, the data we're getting into the club, but the different questions we always have is in recruitment, in our coaching staff, in our performance staff about how to improve. And I'm blown away by what we've been able to change in 18 months. Then the next part about that is well-being. Um, the resources we put into well-being at this club in the last 18 months are without doubt second to none in the game. We have some great people working there now. Um, we've had great people for a long time, but we've never had the sheer number of them. Um, and I don't think we've ever had the sheer focus, the singular focus from everyone in this business, from the board, through Blake as CEO, through everyone in the club to be looking after our people. And uh, I've been, you know, we spoke about gratitude at the beginning of this podcast. The, the work the wellbeing department has done in supporting our move um, to the Gold Coast, but probably far more importantly, the support our wellbeing department has given to those people still in Sydney. So like I said at the beginning, and what I mean, Shannon rightfully is, um, has made a joke about it. We're sitting here at a resort on the Gold Coast now. We're out of quarantine. We have a certain amount of freedom in what we do to go and achieve our goal of winning a comp. People in Sydney, our members who support this club, our staff who make sure this club can continue to run well are in lockdown. You, Jez, you, Shannon, on this podcast right now are locked in your homes, trying to homeschool, trying to get through all the challenges that everyone in New South Wales is facing at the moment. So our wellbeing team have just done a fantastic job in making sure that those people feel valued, just as South Cares have done an amazing job distributing hundreds upon hundreds of kilos of fresh food to people in need. I mean, mm. we do have it pretty lucky up here. Um, but yeah, the wellbeing and um, wellbeing has become a singular focus for us. And you talk about something important at our club, there is nothing more important than the well-being of our people. Something else I wanted to bring up as well that has been an important focus for our club, which you've led, is, is the growth of our Pathways program and um, the reintroduction of a Rabbitohs, of Rabbitohs teams at those lower levels where it used to be virtually contracted off to the, the North Sydney Bears. They're back now. They're playing in red and green. We can see that pathway. We've also got the women's team that plays um, for South Sydney now under the South Sydney Rabbitohs name. There's going to be junior competitions and younger women's teams that are coming up for the ladies. You've been at the at the head of that. And there's been another guy that's been involved in that this year who's another Northern Pride <laughs> recruit to the Rabbitohs in Joe O'Callaghan. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's We've been very, very lucky, I think, in the end to have been able to um, convince Joe to come down to Sydney and, and help uh, both in our coaching program, but also in leading our pathways. Um, I'm somebody who's really passionate about pathways. I'm passionate about State Cup footy. There's very few things I love more than being able to go watch a, a State Cup game, whether it's at Redfern Oval watching our reserve grade flag and rep, junior rep teams play, or whether it's getting down to Henson Park or North Sydney Oval. I love the history and romance and all that stuff. Um, but to your point about Joe, um, I met Joe and, and, and Joe's an, an enigmatic figure. I mean, he's got one of the best junior representative coaching CVs in the country, without a doubt. Um, Schoolboy teams, um, Queensland underage representative sides, he's coached Q Cup, he replaced JD at the Pride um, in that role. And we we're really lucky to get him. He's, Joe's considered one of the, you know, has a great career as an educator in Queensland. He was a deputy principal at Brisbane State High, the leading state high school in Brisbane. Um, but I think he's he's got the coaching bug and he's got the footy bug and he'll, he'll never let that go. We're going to his hometown this weekend to play the Dragons in Rockhampton. 
Um, but I, yeah, I came across Joe. He was JD's assistant, um, running as running a pathway and education program for us at the Pride, and getting him down to Cairns, uh, getting him from uh, Queensland down to Sydney, has been something that we've all been grateful for because. I don't think there's anyone better in the game of pathways. I don't think there's anyone better in the game at player development. Whilst we're here on the Gold Coast, Joe's in Sydney still. He's working with every one of our um, emerging player squad on their individual development plans, making sure that whilst they are missing out on football week to week, that they still have the capacity to go and work on those things they need to work on to be part of our program long-term. So, yeah, I've... I've done a few things at South, but um, convincing a couple of my old Northern Pride colleagues to join me are probably going to be two of my better legacies. No, I'd have to back Brock. Sorry, sorry, I'd have to back Brock up on that with Joe and his, um, you know, his commitment and he's you know, just putting himself 100% into the role. Uh, and also thank the adaptability of, of Keith McCraw and the South Sydney board for coming into the partnership with us to deliver, to help deliver programs at that, you know, Harold Matt's uh, SG ball level. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, a big uh, endorsement to Joe is the way that the juniors have accepted him um, in, into what they're doing, the space that he's doing, and they have the ultimate trust in that him, he's just doing the best for South Sydney and with our junior league. And, and that's well known. Um, and, you know, we, we're setting it up and, and Joe was really responsible for, yeah, you know, putting yeah you know, the footprint to get it all in place, but um, there's little things we, we will improve, and he's a man that keeps doing it. You know, when anything starts, the success we've had with uh, you know the number of players that we're getting through that system now to become on and uh, play in our NRL team, it's remarkable, and we'll keep doing that. And that's that's an important part of the DNA of this club to have our juniors coming through and representing us all at that high level. Absolutely. Well said, hello. And Brock, good to get to know you a, a little bit uh, better for our podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us here um, on the podcast this week. We hope you stick around for our second uh, topic, which we thought you might be able to uh, to really offer some insights to, which will be the top four Rabbitohs that have come from Queensland. But we're going to get to that in a little bit. But ladies and gentlemen, that was Brock Schaefer. Good to get to know him a little bit better. Now, as we say each week, the official Rabbitohs merchandise store, the actual physical store, is closed at the moment due to the Sydney lockdown. But 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, you can shop online. So if you want one of those Rabbitohs jerseys, polo shirt, T-shirt, hats, flags, anything that you can think of, jump onto shop.rabbitohs.com.au. And Shannon, I've noticed on social media this week that they're really pushing the lineup of hats, Rabbitohs hats that we've got this week. Yes, headwear. And, uh, you know, Brock mentioned all the Queenslanders we've got on staff and they're proving particularly um, popular with those guys. Obviously, they need they need two caps, one for each head. So um, <laughs> the Queenslanders are always good for our merchandise sales. I um, encourage any Queenslander to get online, to go to, go to the Rabbitohs online store and, and there's a great range of um, hats, caps, headwear, beanies, you name it. Uh, we've just... Have a big launch of our 2021 headwear range. So jump on board and have a look. Very good. Nello, you got your usual question? <laughs> yeah, where, where did the Storm Tech jacket <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, LA. You, as I said to you last time, I saw you in yours. You look like a burst sausage in yours. So don't, <laughs> don't, you be, don't you be heckling anybody. Okay, I, I thought it was Australia too. <laughs> <laughs> if he jumped in the pool in it, that's exactly what he'd look like. <laughs> He's turned on me. He's turned on me. <laughs> in saying all of that, can, can I ask you a serious question about the headwear? Is there, are there hats big enough for either Jez or Shannon in that shop? <laughs> That's rich coming from you, Mr. Shaper. But look at the size of that forehead. I'm, I've been tempted to sell signage. Uh, <laughs> a big accolade sign right over the front of it. <laughs> Oh, very good. Righto, shop.rabbitos.com.au for any of your Rabbitos merchandise needs. So as we said, with Brock being a proud Queenslander and, of course, the team being up as part of the Queensland hubs at the moment, we thought it was time to have a look at the top four Rabbitohs players that have come from Queensland. I'm going to start with our footy guides because I know Ello spent so much time doing research for these segments. So I'm going to start. Maybe you two might want to join together and offer us your top four Rabbitohs that have come from Queensland. I'm, I'm happy to put Brock in charge to start it, Jeff. It'll be a very short segment, this one, won't it? <laughs> oh, is that a bigger Brock fight? I'll tell you what. Yep. Hello, I've learnt never never pick a fight with short people. They, they hit below the belt. <laughs> you can't read your jokes, Shannon. I know, I know. <laughs> Can Shannon read? <laughs> Rock's so short, all my jokes go over his head. (laughs) (laughs) I I shouldn't tell jokes about short people. I I shouldn't stoop to their level. (laughs) (laughs) Google's been good to you this week. I think think, uh, definitely Brock's got to start this one. Righto. Brock, the top four Rabbitohs that have come from Queensland, in your opinion. Well, I'm going to go in no particular. Look, I'm not going to go for the easy ones because there's, but there's obviously some standouts. Um, I'll, I'll leave Shannon for the actually for the low hanging fruit. Um, but I'm going to go with I'll go with one of my um, one of my favourite players at South, but certainly also when he pulled on a, a Queensland jersey and it's Chris McQueen. Um, I thought he's a bloke who just played with a hell of a lot of heart. Um, I was lucky when I first came to South, he was still at the club, and, and I also thought he's a tremendous bloke. Um, he gave, he gave a lot of his time to South Cares um, when I was there. So so Chris McQueen um, is a really easy one for me to start things off. Very good. Ello? I go back to another one that probably people would forget about from the same team, and that's Dave Tyrrell mm. um, in the front row there. We, I was actually on the coaching staff when we brought Dave down. I think it was 2007. Um, and he was a winger. We brought him down from Brisbane East as a winger. He had the, the long, flowing, wavy blonde hair. I think it was dyed, but it was very wavy. And, and i never forget the poor bugger coming off the sand hills down at Wanda the first time. <laughs> he could hardly walk. <laughs> I must say, him and I were the only two that could hardly walk. Now, I, <laughs> um, so I, I sort of, um, you know, I had a good relationship with Dave too over the time because he, he was never the one that got the plaudits for his actions, but mm. he was one of the unsung heroes. Like what Brock did mention Chris McQueen, you know, one of our 2014 grand finalists. Saved Dave, Dave Tyrrell. And, you know, although not a Queenslander, when, when that, that team comes to mind, 
the Kyle Turners of the world too. Mm. All right, the contribute contribution those guys made to that team. Yep. Well, I was yep. just magnificent. Oh, I can understand why you'd say Big Dog. He's such a good bloke that you would think he's a Queenslander. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Dave Tyrrell, he did dye his hair blonde, and that was so that his mum could pick him out on TV. That's yeah. that's true. So that was quite smart from him. Something I noticed last week. So Tiz at the end of his career would shave his head. Jai Arrow is the twin of Dave Tyrrell. When I watched Jai play out there last week, my brain was automatically saying that's Dave Tyrrell running the ball. It was it was something freaky. They could have been twins out there last week. It was it was amazing. Yeah. That's a, that's a fair, yeah, that's a fair assumption. Jeff. There you I'm go. Yeah. Both doing the hard work in the middle. I haven't seen it yet, but I'll have a look at it. Yeah, yet. have a look. I'd just like to uh, pay special mention to Brock's beautiful maroon sloppy Joe that he's gone on for today's um, <laughs> podcast. It's, it's just a just thing that was closest in the cupboard, hello. But, um, <laughs> have you two got any other nominations for Queensland? Can I just ask about that maroon sloppy Joe? Do they, do they make them in men's? Yeah, <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> I'll have to ask you, Shannon. Listen, I'll you take asked, that question on notice. You asked, you asked about your joke of the week, if you've told it before. You, you've used that one about 16 times. <laughs> this is episode 23. I reckon I've heard it at least 23 times. <laughs> at least 23 more to come. Don't worry about that. <laughs> so anyway, any more nominations for Rabbitohs that came from Queensland? Oh, yeah, plenty. Because every Queenslander who played for this club has been tremendous. But um, I'm, I'm going to go with someone who didn't play for the club. Um, but I think someone who um, undoubtedly has been incredibly important to success. You mentioned the 2014 Premiership. And I'm going to give Richo um, a jersey in this one. So, um, you know, someone who I, I was certainly lucky enough to be mentored by during his time at the club. And, in fact, before that, when I was at the Pride, we shared it. We share a bit of history having both um, had a significant portion of our career in footy in Cairns. So um, I think Shane Richardson, he's, um, <laughs> for a lot of our listeners, there's probably a love-hate relationship with Richo on some things. Um, often there's a love-hate relationship with me and Richo, but um, there's an undying respect. And um, he did an incredible amount for this footy club. Um, and so Richo is someone that I'm, I'm going to say is, is certainly one of the greatest Queenslanders who's come and contributed to this footy team. I agree, Brock. Uh, I agree wholeheartedly. LA, I do you want to say, well, you know, on Richo, and you know, Brock likely said he wants to give him a jersey. I just want to know who's going to make it. <laughs> 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 I'll get those twelve cotton farmers in India ready and tell them, <laughs> tell them the bigger crops. <laughs> uh, before Shannon gets himself sued, hello. <laughs> do you have a fourth nomination uh, between the two of you? Yeah, there's, there's been been one we agree on. Brock, Brock's going to bring that up. But I think Gags has done a magnificent job for yep. that um, You know, and I know he's leaving us, but um, that was just unfortunate. But that was part of decisions we've had to make, and we thought long and hard about it. And the greatest thing for us is that Gags has gone and got a three-year deal, right, that, that helps him for the rest of his life. And we are really happy for him. Yeah. Uh, not that we're losing him, but thankful for the contribution he's made to this club so far. And through all the negotiations, I can assure you that at the end of every negotiation, when we're trying to get things sorted, trying to improve things, he said, LL, always remember, 
we got to win the premiership this year. Mate. That's it. I remember I when him. he first came here, he and said, he, I'm coming here yeah. to win a comp. Yeah, and he said, he said to me, I love this place, and I understand how it all works. Uh, and I know Kelly's, uh, you know, a, new, a Newcastle girl, and he said she's been through a lot in, in my career, having to move around here and there, and, you know, that played a factor in getting him back there. And, uh, you know, we wish him all the best. But his contribution, and you know what, I, I'm going to say it, I, I got pissed off with people saying that he only played for Queensland, not for yeah. City. Because I saw him every day, and it really pissed me off. He has been one of the great, um, you know, practical leaders in our club, on and on the field with his training mentality, what he does in the games, and never giving up. And, you know, I, I can never, ever thank Gags enough for what he's done here, and I don't think he's finished yet. No, with me it. too. With I agree. And and even his legacy, even after he goes, hopefully with you know, hopefully with some success at the back end. But when he leaves this club, his legacy will be uh, not just in our outside backs, but across all of our young players. They, they have seen what it takes to become a true professional because Gags displays it every single day. Yeah. Well, we talked last week, one of our topics last week was uh, the best Rabbitoh centres of all time. And let me tell you, if uh, if we win the comp this year, one of the great contributors to, to doing that is Dane Gagai. And winning the comp will certainly lift him up into that upper echelon of the best centres to have played at this club. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. I just want to say one more. Yep. Obviously, the great Greg Inglis. Yes. Okay. But I'll just say he's not a Queenslander. I've got him so on my list so too. I wanted to bring him up. So he cannot come into this conversation. <laughs> he's been a great contributor to the Rabbitohs and arguably one of the greatest players the game's ever seen. But, mate, that's got you, you up what? out of your seat, Ella. Well, I tell, I tell you what, Jez. He wouldn't be able to get over the border today. <laughs> <laughs> Not coming from Warrington. <laughs> Mate, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to take the fight up. I, I, he, he absolutely was born in New South Wales, but um, he's the heart of a Queenslander. So oh, great. there we go. <laughs> You know, one of the great things is that, you know, we're talking about, you know, it's obviously a, a, a great a great bit of fodder to talk about Greg and where he's from and Maxfield's part of Queensland. But there was a great piece um, in the last few weeks, Jez, and I think you might have shared it with me, but I, I suspect most young kids growing up in New South Wales, but particularly those Indigenous kids growing up in country New South Wales, who maybe in the past, like Greg, would have eventually found an affinity with um, Queensland. Um, I think with a guy like Luttrell at our club now and what he's done in the game, I, I don't think there's going to be many more um, young Indigenous kids in country New South Wales uh, finding themselves inspired to become a Queenslander. I think they'll be wearing blue um, into the future. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Shannon, what have you got for us? Well, just talking about these great Queenslanders. Uh, was Craig Carrington them. from Queensland? Uh, no, but I'll probably think of somebody who was, who, uh, who does electrical appliances. He's about to be. He's trying to uh, spread his business up north. And shut Is he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but talking about those great Queenslanders, with all the Queensland, um, uh, all, all the origins being played in Queensland this year, I heard the story about Gary Larson. I don't know whether it's true. You know, he's got the cracky voice from, you know, a real husky voice. He, he 
I think he got karate chopped or kneed to, in the throat or hitting some tackle, and he talks like this now. And they were telling the story about um, he was up there with the. With the my dog's going crazy in the background. Are your dog's names Gary and Larson? <laughs> they haven't got husky voices. They haven't got any problems. He, he thinks that he thinks the backdrop's a beautiful piece of lawn. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jez, what am I throwing over to your for whilst, whilst uh, I just go and put the uh, leash on the dog? Right, that sounds good. Right, oh, my for the first one that I had was Michael Crocker. I thought he brought a real hard edge to our club when he joined us and, and was one of the first blokes to really teach us how to compete in every game. And he wasn't there when we eventually reached the apex in that 2014 grand final. But the attitude that he brought to our club about having that hard edge and always competing, that was evident all the way throughout 2014. And um, so he's one of the, the great Queenslanders that I had on my list that have, have played for the Rabbitohs. Another one I've got on my list is Charlie Frith. Now, Charlie, I didn't really get a chance to see Charlie play. I was only a young guy, but he's the first one that I could remember as identifying as a Rabbitoh from Queensland. There weren't many guys that were from Queensland at the time playing for South, and he was the first one that I remember identifying um, as a as a Queenslander at South Sydney, and his reputation as one of the big hitters in, in rugby league was close to second to none at the time. So I've got Charlie Frith on my list. My third one was the great GI. Now, I know it's controversial, but even though he was born in uh, New South Wales, all the photos and all the videos over time are going to have him in a maroon jersey. So he's got to be regarded as one of the great Queenslanders to play for South Sydney. My final one, Wayne Bennett. Does it get any bigger than the current commander-in-chief at our club. He's done absolutely everything in his life for Queensland. He's coached the coach Queensland. He's played for Queensland. He's done the same for his country. And I reckon that if he put his hand up at the end of this season to move back up to Brisbane and say, I'm going to run for Premier at the next election, I reckon he'd be a hands-down winner as Premier of Queensland as well. So I had to include Wayne in my list. What was that, LA? Sorry? The borders would be open if he was in charge up there, believe me. <laughs> he might shut us all out once he gets back up there. I, I think Wayne's got the great benefit of owning half of Western Queensland, so <laughs> he might just run for his own state. The old, yeah, you're right. That's good no, I think you talk about Wayne, and I think it summed it up. Uh, I think it was Brett Reed wrote the article when he came to see us. He said the greatest coach to the greatest club. Mm. Uh, and that still resonates with me. And I get goosebumps when I think about it. And as I look forward, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go too far with this. There's probably a big opportunity that the GF will be played at, at Suncorp Stadium this year. Just particularly with the numbers coming out of Sydney again today. And it'd be great to see us in the grand final to give him the chance to... Mm. To leave the rabbit over in the, the house way. that Wayne built. That's right. So you know, there's there's plenty there, and um, if he does that, he won't only be the greatest Queensland. He might be one of the greatest rabbitos of all time. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Shannon, have you put a muzzle on those dogs? I have. I have. There's apologies for that. That's but, okay. Uh, I, I heard your comment about Charlie Frith. A great guy, still pretty well connected to the club, Charlie, and uh, living up in Queensland, Western Queensland, got a big property up there. Big. 
beef farm. And he was actually at our game against the Warriors on the weekend at the at the Sunshine Coast, Charlie. And he he uh, was gracious enough to um, host a couple of sponsors events for us up there while he was up there. A great guy. And um, I mentioned as well, he was up there actually with Gary Larson. I mentioned him before with his husky voice. Um, and uh, I don't know whether it's true or not, but I was just about to tell the story until my dogs really interrupted me. Uh, about Gary Larson, after that game, he went out to the Mr. Whippy Van after it and he ordered ordered an ice cream because he doesn't drink or anything. So he treated himself after a great Rabbitohs win um, for an ice cream. He said, oh, get out, mate. Can I, can I order an ice cream? And the bloke said, oh, yeah, okay. And he said, the bloke said, would you like chocolate topping on it? He said, yes, mate, we'd, we'd love chocolate topping. He said, would you, would you like sprinkles with that? He said, yes, please. He said, uh, crushed nuts. He said, no, just an old footy injury. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. I finally got it out, Jess. You did. You did. You did. Yeah. Back Shannon, to the topic. Shannon, what, I, I, no, I really appreciate that joke. But, but in all seriousness, I, I'm glad your dogs have calmed down. But, mate, is the menu log driver outside okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know me too well, bro. You know uh, I was going to say, can you bring your dogs back in to listen to that rubbish? <laughs> Well, let me get on to my Queenslander. So I said Gary Larson, but obviously he's not a Rabbitoh. So I want to talk, and I always, every week, I like to start with someone I, I played with. And I've mentioned this fella before, but he was he was uh, one of Queensland's great players and he was still is one of Rabbitoh's great players, and that's Julian O'Neill. He played 10 State of Origins. Um, he, he, he had 50 appearances for the Rabbitohs as well. He was a fantastic player, played um, one... One match for Australia as well. Um, coached under Wayne at the Broncos, came in as a teenager in 91 and was there from 91 to 95. But he was great when he was at this club. He was our best player uh, by far at that time. It was a time when the club was struggling. But, you know, he kept us in a lot of games, uh, Julian O'Neill, and his contribution probably is a little bit under underrated. And I'm a big fan of Jules as a, Julian as a, as a football player. Uh, we mentioned Michael Crocker, of course, uh, one of the toughest, you know, Queenslanders uh, to come out, come out of that part of the world, north of the border, and uh, you know, as a captain, always fantastic player for us. You mentioned our coach Wayne Bennett. Oh no, I mentioned another former coach who, who I don't think I've ever mentioned on this show before, John Lang. Uh, I don't think I've mentioned. No, him I don't think so. <laughs> but you know, Lengy is one of the few players like he. He played for Queensland in 1980 in the original um, State of Origin series. He was Dalian Hooker of the Year that year, but he was also being Dalian Coach of the Year in 1995, 1999, um, and Coach Australia in 1997. And obviously, also, as I said, Coach the Rabbitohs in 2010, 2011. Uh, you know, just a great uh, servant of our game, great servant of the Rabbitohs, and uh, as painful as it is to say, a great Queenslander as well. <laughs> and a great person. And a great person. So uh, my my four are Julian O'Neill, Michael Crocker, Wayne Bennett, and the great John Lane. It's not a bad uh, not a bad crew there. Oh, they're, they're there they are. The second menu log on the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I must have forgot to tip, you, tip the menu log guy the first time he's back. <laughs> One that comes to mind, just thinking back in a few years, again in tough times for South Sydney, was 
was Ash Harrison. Mm. The way he played, he was he was he was a captain of our club back in the day, and um, you know, is around just at the start of my coaching back at the Rabbitohs, and he he did lead the way uh, for us and and helped out when we didn't have many great players around him, but he. He turned up every week and gave his best, and um, he did a great job with the Rabbitohs. Yes, another good nomination there, and a, a good crew that we've pulled together there. Let's uh, take a quick break, and we'll be back in a moment. Now, we've mentioned this a few times, but Rabbitohs Plus is a new initiative from the Rabbitohs, which will provide services for Rabbitohs members and supporters that they use every day. So from travel deals to home and contents insurance, credit cards, car insurance, home loans, you can get it all on Rabbitohs Plus and they can provide you and your family with some great deals. So you can check all of that out at plus.rabbitohs.com.au. And Shannon, it's a, another great uh, initiative from the club and it certainly is doing its job. It certainly is, and it's servicing the um, the players and the players' families up there in Queensland at the moment. Obviously, uh, the travel with what if and the 15% discount, that's part of the Rabbitohs Plus program. And uh, they've been great, uh, Daniel Finch and Donna, as I said previously, in helping source accommodation for our players' families, helping source car rentals. And, and they've been great because not only are they, is it a very user-friendly service, but as we know, 15% discount there for all Rabbitohs members on there. So uh, all of the products, whether it be travel, whether it be insurance, finance products, uh, Rabbitohs Plus has got you covered. Very good. It is, uh, check it all out at plus.rabbitohs.com.au. It's everyone's favourite part of the week. It's trivia time. And we, uh, of course, two weeks ago, we announced that John Morris will be joining the club as an assistant coach for the next two years. Now, he's a 300-gamer in the NRL, but exactly how many first-grade games did he actually play? Now, if I remember rightly from last week, Elo was very bullish about knowing the answer to this one. We we gave him a hint it was 300-odd. <laughs> <laughs> Can't remember. I've, that was a week ago, Jess. He's gone blank. I'm getting old. I'm getting old, mate. The the, the young Henrys has got a hold of him. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon. Do you know? You probably know. Well, I I do know, but sh- but surely this is just a gimme for someone else on this call. This is this is <laughs> the, the, the the great new assistant coach at this club. Come on, guys. It's it's three hundred. It's exactly three hundred. You played exactly 300 games. How nervous would he have been getting a, a grade one high tackle or something over the last the last couple of months of his career, hoping not to get rubbed out for a week and not quite reaching the, the 300 games? What an achievement. 300 games of NRL football. It's um, it's quite astounding. Not many people have, have done it. I think there's only about 42, 43 guys that have done it and we'll have uh, a couple of them at the, the club next year for sure in him and John Sutton. We've got Benji Marshall here as well at the moment. So there's a, a hell of a lot of uh, hell of a lot of experience at the Rabbitohs at the moment. Yeah, it's a fantastic achievement. Uh, 300 games, not many players can achieve it. Um, it was a shame Allo missed out by 158 games, but uh, <laughs> you, you know, he had a great career nonetheless, but... I know you're going to ask me how many games I had, Ella, and uh, I didn't even break the 100, but uh, 
you know, I thought you were desperately unlucky to miss the miss the three hundred, but fortunately you've made up for it in kilograms. I'll go back to it now. I was going to spare you, but um, when you said Julian O'Neill contributed greatly to the Rabbitohs, is our best player every week. What a pity they couldn't find a hooker from Queensland to supplement his play every week. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, my biggest contribution to that team was actually picking up Julian and taking him to the games and training. Him. <laughs> <laughs> that was about of my contribution when I was playing at the club. <laughs> oh, very good. Right, let's move on to next week's trivia question. How many players have played for Australia whilst playing for South Sydney? We'll give you the answer next week, but. But have a think about it. Of course, the team, the club's been around for 113 years, so there'd be quite a few of them. But do some research and see if you can work out how many players have played for Australia whilst they were playing for South Sydney. I can see uh, Shannon thinking about it. He's getting the, the little hamster running around in his, his head well, at the moment. No, what's actually running through my head is it just came to me, Jez. You do a great job in helping us compile that annual report each year. Mm-hmm. And some of these trivia questions are based on some of the categories we've got in those annual reports. When you were thinking up these questions, do you just pull out the annual report? Well, it's actually at the bottom of every media release that I send out. Thanks for reading it. and <laughs> <laughs> I think you've just given yourself up. I think that's where you get all your history from too. <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy, just yes. let's answer the question next week. Yep. And just write it in red on your notes so you know which one it is. Okay, mate, we'll do. I'll, <laughs> and I'll be checking Jez's media releases for the answers. <laughs> Righto. Next week, we will be back with the, uh, the answer to that trivia question. Now, as we've mentioned a few times, this fantastic podcast and the whole Rabbitohs podcast network is brought to you by the great team at What If. So if you're thinking about that next holiday, a long weekend away, you want to get to the next game or just you're dreaming about lockdown in Sydney, finishing up so that you can get away, make sure you jump on What If and check out all the great deals on accommodation flights, car hire and more. And don't forget, if you jump onto whatif.com slash Rabbitohs and when you're checking out, you use the code Rabbitohs15, you can see save 15% on select hotels. Now, conditions apply with that, but jump onto whatif.com slash rabbitos. Use the promo code rabbitos15 and save 15% on select hotels. And as you mentioned earlier, Shannon, what if have been playing a great role with the, the football department and Brock as well in, in helping source accommodation up on the uh, Gold Coast and the surrounding areas now that the players do have a bit more freedom and we're expecting the families to come out of their lockdown next week that... Uh, they're helping um, source some accommodation for the team and their partners. Yeah, they've, they've been fantastic. As we know, all know, they, they sponsor our pathways, which Brock's been instrumental in, but they've also, as we spoke about earlier, helped our families. And in, in the fair income stakes, I've got to give Brock a wrap. He's worked really hard in accommodating not only the players, but their families. And he's been working closely with the What If guys. And, and Cosy, I might throw over to you, Brock, in terms of the work done with, with What If and how supportive they've been. Yeah, I think Daniel Finch and the whole team um, at What If have uh, truly without them. And, and this is, you know, every club has sponsors. Our club has partners. And, and the work they've done on our behalf to ensure that we have as, as ultimately we're here to win a premiership. 
that's the reason we're here on the Gold Coast. Um, and what if understand that and they have gone above and beyond their normal work, um, above and beyond what a normal sponsor would do. They have gone and shown how engaged and how enmeshed in this um, footy club they are. So, you know, I, I, I truly urge anyone um, listening, jump on what if when you're booking your next holiday because they they are fair income when it comes to um, supporting this football club and, and to Finch and that whole team at what if. Thank you all so much um, because it has made a genuine difference in the high performance environment we're trying to create here in the Gold Coast Hub. Fantastic. So jump on whatif.com slash Rabbitohs. Use that code Rabbitohs15 and you can save 15% on select hotels. All right, it's time for the joke of the week. Shannon Donato, time to step up. Well, this one isn't so much a joke. It's actually a true story. Uh, they all, all seem to be. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they always are. But this one uh, occurred during the last COVID, actually, last year. Um, now, we're all in lockdown, and we said how challenging it can be, and particularly for some older people who, who might live alone or just a partner and don't have children anymore. So my, actually, for my mother-in-law, Vivian, she's a lovely woman, Viv, I, I bought her a little, a little schnauzer, a little, a little dog. And um, it was going really well. And, you know, they got on really well, particularly over Lockyer. She has a company and she played with the dog and she called the little schnauzer and, you know, within two seconds it'd be out of feet and panting and wanting to be picked up. And, and Viv and the schnauzer got on really well. But she, uh, I was just over there a couple of weeks ago and I said, oh, how's the dog going? She goes, oh, really well. But he just doesn't, when I call, he just doesn't come over anymore. And I said, oh, really? That's... That's no good. She said, I think his hearing might be going. And uh, so I had a look and I picked him up and had big tufts of fur hair growing in his ears. I said, obviously you can't hear because it's got too much hair and fur growing out of his ears. You might need to do something about that. So Viv was telling me, you know, she went down to the the chemist to get some hair removal. And uh, she went down and she went to the counter and said to the pharmacist, have you got any any, uh, hair remover? Uh, I need some heavy duty hair remover and the um the pharmacist said yeah i've got some stuff how strong she said i need it really really strong and uh she said, she said okay well i'll i'll get some he said now listen the burnsy stuff if you leave it on it can be quite caustic so you need to you know if you if you if you put it on under under your arms you've got to be sure you wash it off um, in in under an hour and and would it wash it off really well and don't don't play tennis for for two days, he said, "Oh no, 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 no! It's it's not for my underarms. It's for my my hairy little schnauzer." And the uh, and the pharmacist said, "Well, in that case, um, wash it off after five minutes and and don't ride a bike for a week." <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh dear! Well, that would have to be edited, or could we keep that oh. one in? Yes. <laughs> oh dear! I don't know. After all those raps for what if? <laughs> then we deliver that. Oh dear! Well, we spoke earlier about Shane Richardson. Doesn't he own like four or five schnauzers? Yeah, I don't know how hairy schnauzer is, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure. 
I don't know how big his schnauzers are either, to be I'm, honest. I'm constantly seeing uh, photos of his schnauzers on Facebook. <laughs> what are they like, Jess? They're, they're grey, his schnauzers. Isn't he got yeah, they're grey grey and brown. They, oh. <laughs> they look a bit hairy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of the great Queenslanders, Shane Richardson. Yeah. Anyway... <laughs> Hello, can you please bring some comedic value to the joke of the week next oh. week, please? <laughs> Righto, we'll be back in just a moment to wrap it all up. Yeah. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. If you got this far, <laughs> you may have tuned out halfway through that joke. I hope you did. But anyway, you can contact us on rabbitos.com.au slash podcasts or jump onto Twitter and use at SSFC Rabbitos. Send in your topic suggestions. We'd love to hear some more topic suggestions to uh, for us to discuss each week here on the Top 4 Podcast. If you get a chance, write us a review and give us a five-star rating as well. Make sure you hit that subscribe button as well so that you get these podcasts into your feed every week. You don't have to go searching for them. And make sure you jump on the other podcasts on the Rabbitohs Podcast Network. We've got our weekly media conferences that includes Wayne Bennett's uh, Captain's Run Day press conference, which he usually has a bit of fun with the journos. That's always fun to listen to. We've got the audio version of the Rabbitohs Insider. And we can't forget the great team over at Rabbitohs Radio, Chaps, Mavo and Brownie. They're doing a great job in lockdown. They've worked it all out over Zoom. They're jumping on every week. They're starting up Rabbitohs TV on YouTube. They're doing fan interviews. They're, they've got everything going on over there. It's uh, I don't know how they find time to go to work on the wharves but because they're creating so much content um, through the Rabbitohs Podcast Network and also the Rabbitohs Radio Network. They're doing a great job there. And we'll be back next week, of course, with the Top 4 Podcast. But, Shannon, thank you for jumping on this afternoon. It's uh, It's been fun. Really enjoyed it, Jess. Thank you. I was going to talk for next week's topics. I was going to say that the top four Italian internationals that have played for the Rabbitohs, but I couldn't think of any. <laughs> well, there's actually a couple. There's uh, Craig Salvatore, myself, and we're, we're the size of two blokes, so that's cool. <laughs> <Very good. laughs> we can't forget the great Dave Penner. Oh, Dave, yeah. Yep. Dave Penner, great guy. I also, just before we get into that, next week he'll say, here's the four top, who's the the top four Italian players in the game and why was I? Yeah, <laughs> he will. <laughs> it's as sure as anything that he'll say that. Sure. You know what? Why don't I just have a sleep in next week and Ella, you can tell all my one-liners for me. <laughs> Well, he only needs to open the same uh, website that you've got open at the moment on your screen. <laughs> well, I've heard them that many times, Shannon. I don't even have to write them down. They just come naturally to me. <laughs> you you give so many raps to John Lang, you're starting to become more like him. Repeating stories, talking about the same people all the time. <laughs> Very true. Very true. And thank you, Elo and Brock, up there in the hub in Queensland. Thank you for uh, – you mentioned family and stuff before, Brock. I know you guys are making immense sacrifices to be up there and keep the, the, the ship steered in the right direction as we head towards October and hopefully that big day and we can uh, all celebrate like it's 2014 again. Yes, it's just about representing the people who we know are behind us. It's you know, you guys back there, even Shannon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, seriously, the staff, 
Above all, our partners, you know, our members, our families. We, we all know why we're here. And we've got one goal within, the, within this community we're living at the moment. And uh, we'll give it our best shake. I can assure you that. Yeah, we're the lucky ones, Jez. Um, everyone up here in the hub is, is definitely thinking about everyone in lockdown across the country, but certainly in Sydney. And um, certainly for Ella and I, we're thinking about our families who are, are still back there in yeah. Sydney. Very good, very good. As I say, very good, very good, very good. Uh, we'll be back next week with the Rabbitohs Top 4 Podcast. It's powered by Audio Technica and proudly presented by What If. We will see you all then. Thanks for listening to the Rabbitohs Top 4 Podcast. Powered by Audio Technica and proudly presented by What If official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Support the club and visit whatif.com forward slash Rabbitohs to book your next trip. Don't forget to use the code Rabbitohs15 to get 15% off select hotels. Conditions apply. What if? It's Aussie for travel. Please leave us a five-star rating and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Up the Rabbitohs.